0: A few years ago, our family had the opportunity to walk across the fields in Gettysburg. There at Gettysburg, the most uh, challenging battle in U.S. history took place, July 1st through 3rd, 1863, with some 50,000 casualties between the North and the South. It was a horrendous battle. Today... All of us find ourselves in a battle. We've not been handed a machine gun or or a sword, but nonetheless, we are in a battle. It is not just a physical battle against the elements that are going on around us, trying to stay well amid the coronavirus. It's not just a physical battle. It's, it's not primarily a relational battle dealing with uh, challenges in my marriage or challenges with relationships or challenges with my coworkers. It is not primarily a financial battle, though some of you may be walking in the midst of financial struggles right now through this time of crisis in our nation. No, we are in a spiritual battle. And the stakes are very high. But the Bible shows us and shares with us the truth that as we tap into God's power and as we dress in spiritual armor, we can experience victory in our spiritual life. We're continuing a series called We Care About Prayer. And today we're going to talk about prayer in light of the spiritual armor of God. So, if you have a copy of the scriptures or you have your phone, why don't you take and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to pick up in verse number 10. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10, and it shares this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. to our hearts, and that we would be people who would stand. And Lord, I pray that as we look at the truth of Scripture today and we look at the battle that we are in, God, that you would show us how to experience victory in Christ. Lord, for those who are facing challenges today, Maybe they are facing physical challenges, maybe they are facing relational challenges, maybe they are facing financial challenges, but Lord, we know that all of us are facing spiritual challenges. We pray, Lord Jesus, that we would find victory in you, in your name, amen. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking on the theme, we care about prayer. Last week, we looked at the prayers of Jesus when he was on the cross. And then Hebrews 7.25 says that he ever lives to make intercession for us. So there's hope today because Jesus is praying for you. But the previous weeks, I began to share how God had had changed and worked in my prayer life this year. As I would begin with a sense of desperation and cry out the truth of 2 Chronicles 7.14, where he says, if my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven. As I begin my prayer life every every day, I begin with that sense of desperation. Lord, I humble myself before you. I pray, Lord, I seek your face today. Lord, I repent and confess and turn from my wicked ways. That's that sense of desperation. Then we move to adoration. That is where we exalt the Lord to the place that he deserves. We give him his rightful and wonderful place. He is the creator. I'm his creation. He is the shepherd. I am his sheep. He is the father. I am the child. He is the God who is almighty and all powerful. He is adored and worshiped then in that aspect of my prayer life. And then I use the word connection from John 15. That just as a branch needs to abide in the vine, I need to abide and connect with the Lord. I humble myself in 2 Chronicles 7.14. I exalt and adore him. And then I say, Lord, I want to connect to you. And so that's what I pray is in John 15, that I would be a branch connected to the vine, that I would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then after desperation, adoration, and connection, I come to a time of supplication. That is praying for myself. And the first aspect and the first thing that I pray for myself is that I will be dressed in the armor of God. Now, as we think about our life, we understand that we are in a real battle. Matter of fact, as we look at the truth of Scripture, we find believers fight in a real battle spiritual battle. There is a real, invisible, spiritual battle that is going on around us today that we need to be made aware of. We have a real enemy. Notice in Ephesians chapter 6 where it says that we're to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The devil He is the, described the devil and called, he is described as the devil. He's called a slanderer. That's the picture. The devil, word devil means he is a slanderer. His name is Satan. He is an opposer or an adversary. Sometimes we get these caricatures in our mind that the, the devil has pointy ears and carries a pitchfork. And let me tell you, the devil is real. We have a real Enemy that we have to be on guard against as we look at the other names of the devil. He is an accuser of the brethren in Revelation chapter 12 in verse number 2. He disguises himself as an angel of light in 2nd... Corinthians eleven fourteen. He is called the God of this age in Second Corinthians four four. He is the Prince of the power of the air in Ephesians two two. He is called a liar and a murderer in John eight forty four. He is a tempter in Matthew four three. We face a real devil. We face a real enemy. As a matter of fact, the scripture tells us in 1 Peter 5, 8, that we need to be alert, that we need to be watching because our adversary, the devil, is going about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We have a real enemy. And secondly, we are in a real battle. We are in a real battle. As it mentions the devil, the wiles of the devil, it goes on in that next verse, and it begins to tell us that there are principalities and there are powers, and there's our rulers of the darkness and spiritual hosts of of wickedness. The Bible tells us that there's not only a devil, but there are his demons, and they are the epitome of evil. Within them there is no good. There is no love. There is no mercy. There is no kindness. There is only hatred. And we have to be careful because of the wiles of the devil and his demons. The word wiles is the word crafty schemes. It's a, a picture of him being uh, us, using trickery and using deceit and using crafty schemes to try to harm us. Many of us have seen the... Cartoons of the Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote, Wile E. He's wily. He has crafty schemes. Most of the time they involve anvils and large boulders and acme dynamite. And, and we find that the wily Coyote is always trying to catch the Roadrunner. Well, we have an enemy who is seeking to destroy us. Matter of fact, John 10.10 10, says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The devil wants to destroy your life. He will come as the tempter. He'll say, hey, the grass is greener over here. If you just break out of of that, that sense of always doing right and always doing good, you can have so much fun over here. He tempts us. He's not only out to destroy our lives, lives individually, but he wants to destroy our marriage. He wants to destroy our families. He wants to destroy our church. The thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And as the devil gets into one's life and leads them from God's path and God's plan, it affects not only their marriage and not only their family and not only their church. It affects their community and it affects their region, their state their nation. And can I tell you, it affects all eternity. I want to challenge you today. You are in a real battle and you need to be prepared for that battle. And the Bible gives us the provision to prepare for that. Believers understand we fight in a real spiritual battle, but we are also secondly commanded to be strong in the Lord. That's what it says it says in verse number 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And notice, as it tells us to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. In verse number 11, it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. And then in verse number 13, it says, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand. So as believers, we must stand in the Lord's strength. We find strength in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Psalm 27.1 tells us that the Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life of whom shall i be afraid 2nd chronicles 16:9 says that the eyes of the lord run to and fro throughout the earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him as we get into god's word and as we begin to become warriors in prayer We can experience the Lord's strength through the spirit working, through the scripture working, through our connection with him. So that Isaiah 40, 31 comes true. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. The word renew gives a picture of exchanging. That I exchange my weakness for his strength. They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary and they shall walk and not faint. We are standing in the Lord's strength. Listen, the devil is way stronger than we are personally. So we tap into and connect with the Lord's strength because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We stand in the Lord's strength and then we recognize the Lord's sovereignty. That the Lord, Psalm 115, three, is in heaven and does what he pleases. He is the one who is in Control. He is the creator and He is the sustainer. As we think about the power of the Lord, I love what Jesus says to the Apostle John in Revelation one seventeen. As John has just seen this awesome vision of who Jesus is, Jesus puts His hand upon John and says, "Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. Jesus." is in control. Matthew 28:18 says all authority is given me in heaven and in earth. Jesus is in control. Revelation 19:6 says for the Lord God omnipotent reigns, the Lord is in control. And listen, that brings hope today. I I don't know what you're facing. Some of you may be facing some challenges like you've never faced before. And amidst the physical challenges that are going on around us, there is one who is a slanderer, an accuser, an adversary. So find strength in the Lord. Open up God's word and begin to read. Find strength. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Tap into his strength. And then we find that believers must put on the armor of God. They must put on the spiritual armor that God has for us. And this is what I pray. I pray each piece of this armor on my life. Lord, I want to stand in your strength and I want to be dressed for battle today. As I pray on the armor, it reminds me that the spiritual life and the Christian life is not a playground. It is a battleground. Our life is not made up of rubber balls and daisies and grassy meadows and cute little Bible stories that we tell our children. And though those Bible stories are true, sometimes we gloss them up and make them sound uh, almost fairy tale esque No, the Bible is true, and there were real adversaries. David faced a real giant and was really in danger of his life. And he stood on behalf of the Lord, and he stood on behalf of the nation of Israel, and he fought a real battle. And you fight a battle today. And you may feel overwhelmed, and you may feel uh, somewhat uh, ill-equipped, and that's why God has given us the spiritual armor. So in verse number 14, he tells us, That we are to stand having girded our waist with truth. That means we put on the belt of truth. For a Roman soldier, the belt meant a lot. It was the belt that held everything together. It would be a belt that would that would hold uh his sword or spear. It would be the belt that would uh, where his shield would attach when he was fighting in a battle and he was holding his shield and or holding his sword. he would gird up he would take the ends of his robe that were that were long and he would tuck them into his belt so that he would be able to fight unencumbered by the the lengthy uh tunic that he wore. That belt held everything together. And we are to put on the belt of truth. Everything in our life is to be held together by the truth of God, the truth of his word. Jesus in John 17, 17 said, Lord, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. God's word's truth. It holds our life together. Do you want something to hold your life together? Then you open up your scripture. You open up the Bible and you allow God's word, God's truth to hold your life together. Put on the belt of truth. And I pray it, Lord, today, would you give me the belt of truth so that my life would be wrapped up in your truth, that I would walk in your truth, that I would speak your truth, that my life would be surrounded by your truth. Take the belt of truth. Then he says that we are to take the breastplate of righteousness. Now, the Bible tells us that there is none righteous, no, not one. So how can we, as, as one who has sinned, take on a breastplate of righteousness? Well, in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, it tells us that God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That means this, that when Jesus died on the cross, for our sin and rose from the dead, he not only wiped away all of our sin, but it would be like you would do on the computer, that Jesus would take all of his righteousness and he would highlight it and hit the copy, and then he would attach that onto our account so that we stand in his righteousness. We're in his righteousness positionally. And then we want to practice righteousness. That's walking in a right relationship with the Lord. That means that that we're walking in a way of obedience and righteousness in a right relationship that pleases him. So God today, help me positionally to understand that I am righteous in Christ and then to live out that righteous life in a dark world that desperately needs to see the truth. Thirdly, we are to put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. It says, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, in that day, they did not have the luxury of what our athletes do today. They have their athletic competitions on nice grassy fields and astroturf. But in that day, the terrain was rough. And so they needed their sandals to to be able to grip so they would uh, have grips on them, spikes at the bottom of them, so that they would be able to stand as they fought in their battle and not lose their footing. Losing their footing could mean life or death. So they would have to stand, and we're to stand with the gospel of peace. We stand in the gospel. We stand with the truth of the gospel. We stand in the good news of what God has done for us in Christ. We stand recognizing that we have a victorious Savior who has risen from the dead. We stand and recognize we fight in victory because of the gospel message that Jesus defeated death Hell, the grave and the devil and we stand in victory today. So I pray, Lord, may I stand today in the truth of your gospel. And then he says above all in verse number 16, taking the shield of faith. The shield. It's a shield of faith. Romans 10:17 tells us that faith comes by hearing the word of God. Hebrews 11:6 says that without faith it's impossible to please him. So we have this shield of faith. Now notice what this shield of faith specifically does in verse number 16. It tells us that we'll be able to quench the fiery darts of uh, the the devil or of the the wicked or the evil one. That he shoots fiery darts at us. And these multi-layered shields would be able to extinguish, because of the materials that they use, would be able to extinguish the fiery darts. The darts that the arrow would be dipped in pitch and lit, uh, lit on fire and they would be shot. And the shield of faith would block them. And we have a shield. We have faith as our shield, knowing that God's word is true. We believe, we trust God. We know that we uh, have victory in Christ today. Then he says, in taking the helmet of salvation, oh, our our mind and our heart, the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation are essential. See, in bicycling and in battling, the helmet is very important to escape injury. And as the helmet of salvation, we are to have our mind continually uh, uh, meditating on the truth of what we have in Christ, the truth of salvation, the transformation of what Christ and how Christ has worked in us. God, may my thoughts today, Lord, may my mind today be on the truth of salvation, the truth of the gospel, the truth of your word. And then he says that we take the sword of the Spirit. Our one offensive weapon is right here, the sword of the Spirit, the word of God, and we are to use it well. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that the word of God is sharp like a two-edged sword. We have a picture of the power of the word of God. As Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 23, it is like a, a hammer that breaks a rock into pieces. It is like a fire. There is great power in this word as we think about putting on the spiritual armor and I would challenge you just to take some time every day and and maybe go to Ephesians chapter six and say, Lord, would you put the belt of truth so that my life would be held together by your truth. And Lord, I put on the breastplate of righteousness. I stand in your righteousness today, Jesus, so help me to walk in a right relationship with you. And Lord, I put on the gospel of peace today. May my feet be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace today. Lord, may I stand firmly in the truth of who you are. As the adversary, the evil one, comes at me, may I be able to stand in the truth of of your word, the truth of the gospel. And Lord, the shield of faith, God, may I be able to to stand on the truth of your word that faith comes by hearing and the truth of all that you've done and how greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And may I grasp that and understand that. And Lord, may my mind be filled with the things that bring honor and glory to you today. And may my mind constantly be renewed by the salvation that you've brought me in Jesus today. And Lord, help me to hold that sword today and to use it well. When Jesus was tempted, we find in Matthew chapter four, three times he went to the word of God to face the tempter, the devil. You say that's a lot to remember. Can I remember all that? Well, if you can't remember all that, Romans chapter 13 and verse number 14, it tells us to put on Christ. Put on Christ. And you know what? If you put on Christ, then the belt of truth Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So Lord, help me to put on the belt of, of Jesus today. The breastplate of righteousness, He is the righteous one, and we're imputed His righteousness and positionally righteous in Christ. So Lord, help me to, to stand with the breastplate of Jesus on my life today. And the, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the Bible tells us that there is salvation in no other. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So Lord, help me to stand and put on the shoes of, of Jesus today. The shield of faith. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 2 tells us that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. So Lord, help me to put up the shield of Jesus today. The helmet of salvation. He is our salvation. There is salvation only in Christ. He who calls on the name of the Lord, the Lord Jesus, shall be saved. The sword of the Spirit, the word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He is the Word. Lord, help me to be clothed in Jesus today. We were getting ready for dinner a couple of nights ago. And I had just a couple of minutes just to sit. And I've tried not to watch too much TV while we're on quarantine, unless I'm watching a movie with our family, but not just waste a lot of time watching that I've been trying to read more. But I thought, ah, it's about 10 minutes. I'm going to click on, just see what's on the ESPN and the sports channels. And uh, the NHL network was showing a classic hockey game. It was game two of the 2019 Stanley Cup with the Boston Bruins facing the uh, St. Louis Blues. As I turned that game on, we were down one to nothing. But I already knew. We've already won the cup. We already have the victory. Today, I want to tell you, the highlight reel of all eternity is given in Revelation chapter 19 and 20, 21 and 22. Revelation nineteen eleven, Jesus comes riding in on a white horse On his head are many crowns. His eyes are like flames of fire. Out of his mouth comes a sharp two-edged sword. Written on his thigh was the name King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And Jesus wins the victory. We already have the highlight reel. God already shows us who has won. The song Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus was one that I sang often when I was growing up in church. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead till every foe is vanquished and Christ is Lord indeed. I love the third verse where it says, stand up, stand up for Jesus, stand in his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you. You dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel armor. Each piece put on with prayer. Where duty calls or danger be never wanting there. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. The strife will not be long. Today, the noise of battle. The next, the victor's song. To, he who, to him who overcometh, the crown of life shall be. He with the king of glory shall reign eternally. If you know Jesus today, you're going to win. You fight from victory, not for it, but I want to challenge you. The generations behind you, your family next to you, they need you to fight well. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you don't know that you've been forgiven of sin and asked Christ to come into your life, I'd love to have the opportunity to visit with you about how you can know that you can have your sin forgiven, that you can uh, become a believer, a follower in Christ, and that you can know that you're going to go to heaven and win with Christ for all eternity. If you don't know that, we'd love to have contact with you. You can call our church office, and one of our pastors would love to speak with you about that. For those of you who are believers today, I hope that you've hung in there today. We are in a battle, and we're going to be victors as we fight the skirmishes that go on around us, remember, your children and the generations behind you are watching to see if you truly are a soldier of the cross. This is not a time to sit on the sidelines. It's time to be a soldier. And with that, may I pray for us. Father, help us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of your might, to put on the armor of God, that in that evil day, we may be able to stand. And Lord, as our church is gathered out in homes throughout our community today, may you raise up warriors of prayer, warriors of the scripture, who trust you and say yes to you and follow you wherever you lead. Lord, again, for anyone who may not know Jesus, I pray today that they'd open their heart to receive him. In your name, amen. Thanks. Thanks for hanging with us. I pray that God's word would change your life. And I pray that praying on the spiritual armor would help you as you grow in your Christian life. God bless you.